I'm Ryan Johnson. I'm Tyler Schmidt. I'm Lou Janu. And this is Car Talk, a podcast about trading cards. We're here to teach you everything you need to know about flipping cards. Whether it's the next breakout rookie, a new Magic the Gathering release on the way, or Pokemon's 25th anniversary, we'll break it all down. So sit back and listen up. Those cards collecting dust in your closet could make you some real cash. Welcome to Card Talk. All right, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to Card Talk. I'm Ryan, joined as always by Tyler and Lou. And today, we've got a full episode. We're going to do What's on Your Mind, rapid fire QA from our Facebook group, play of the week, and then, of course, latest launch. But we've got to start with What's on Your Mind. And Tyler, I'm going to start with you today because, as we will see here in a minute, Lou has had a long day, long night, but. This just really shows Lou's dedication to the show. So we'll get more into that in a second. But Tyler, we'll start with you with what's on your mind, just so Tyler or Lou and I can see how much time we really have in this segment in case you go a little long today. If there was ever a week to go long. Well, it was actually the week I was going to go short. (laughs) You know, I'll say this. Penn State didn't lose this weekend. The Jets didn't lose this weekend. Manchester United did lose this weekend. But Ryan Tannehill. Did win last night. He played well too, right? He played all right. He played all right. I mean, he played like he had Derrick Henry in the backfield. <laughs> you think Ryan Tannehill was the reason the Bills beat the, the Bills lost to the to the Titans? It was Ryan it was Tannehill. All Tanny, sure. bro. It was all Tanny. Okay, exactly. Not not Derrick Henry. Like uh, his last fifteen passes was leading drives. I mean, was feeding the feeding his running back the ball right where it needed to be put, right in the right in his chest. You know, Ty, 216 yards, no touchdowns, and an interception. He ran one in. He ran one in. Not a great read option. Okay. He ran Look, it very can well. he be Ryan Dano? He ran very well. It was a great pullback. Um, yeah, that, that's, that was dope. What's on my mind? What's on my mind is NBA season starts tonight. And we didn't even, we, we, we're coming in left field, but we're going to have to do NBA predictions today. Because I've, I'm going, I'm in the building tomorrow. Knicks versus Celtics. I'm going to the opener. I haven't felt this good about a Knicks season in a long time. Even though we'll probably be win 47 games, maybe. Yeah, we're talking like seven seed. Yeah, maybe the six, maybe the five. But NBA is back. That's what's on my mind. NBA is back. I'm interested to see what it does to the card market because we finally had a little bit of a break. We finally had a little bit of time away from hoops after what was like 24 months in a row. And I think it's going to be fun to see uh, the league back in action, rocking and rolling. Last thing, don't get all weird. ESPN is bringing NHL back and it's happening. I don't know if you guys have noticed it, but there's there's definitely more buzz around the, the NHL than in previous seasons. Simply just by like, you're watching Monday Night Football last night and they're... Mm-hmm. They're firing away some some NHL promo. I've watched more hockey in the last week than I did in the last three years combined, probably. Love it. I'm in Chris Kreider. Legend. That's what's on my mind, gang. Short but sweet, succinct. And I'll I'll throw it throw it your way. Short six minutes. Wouldn't expect anything less. Come on. Knicks are back. Definitely wasn't prepared for NBA predictions today, but that makes sense since the NBA starts tonight. Yeah, that'll be a, a fun talking point here in a sec. I gotta. Yeah, we might have to chalk that up for L for J. To be quite frank, 
Yeah, no, for sure. Definitely, definitely on Jay on that one. What's on your mind, Luke? I don't think I'm going to be able to recover in time for this Astros game tonight. That's what I'm thinking about. I think that I've driven, I think that I've driven like 11 hours in the last 36 hours out of the last 36 hours. So I am in bad shape. You were up in Boston last night. Yes. So I drove to Boston for the Astros Red Sox game on Sunday night. I drove over there yesterday afternoon. We got our, you know, got our asses kicked. 12 to 3. It was a beat down, beat down for the ages. Um, and I promptly got back in my car and drove from Boston to New Jersey. Got home at around 3.30 last night. So I'm in bad shape. For anyone listening to the show today, if I'm ex- more low energy than usual, that is why. What were the levels <laughs> of pain? Let me, let, me, let me talk to you a little bit. I'll say when... this. I've, I, I don't think I've ever been in more pain at a, at a sporting event in my life. When did they like? Was it a second inning? I I don't I don't I'm, again. Yeah, they I'm hit a grand. Not a baseball guy. They hit a salami in the second inning in the game. Salami in the second inning. And so then you just had to power through a misery, and it was just absolute pain and unending pain because we came back and scored three runs in the fifth inning to make it nine to three because they hit a grand slam and then they scored five more runs. So that was cool. Um, so it was nine to nothing. Heading into, I believe, the fifth inning. Yeah, the fifth inning. I think it was 9 nothing. I don't even remember anymore. Kyle Tucker hit a home run, make it 9-3. Gave me a little bit of life. You guys are kind of and back. I, yeah, and then I got squashed with a couple home runs and a couple couple innings in a row there for the Red Sox. They're just the hottest team in baseball, and I don't know what to do about that. I don't know how to respond to that as, an, as a baseball fan of a team to a team that just hits home runs every time, every inning. They just hit home runs every time. So I don't really know what to do about that. I will say I would love to know what Kike Hernandez's cards are selling for right now because that guy is going to get a massive deal soon, here soon. I'm not sure if his contract ends this this year or next year, but Kike is going to get, like, big money. Who is that? Kike Hernandez plays for the Red Sox now. He, he used to play for the Dodgers for a number of years. He's always been, like, a... Like, he's been, like, a good player, but his num- like his hitting numbers haven't translated. And he's currently hitting, I believe, five fifteen in the playoffs with like six home, six home runs or something like that. That's you know that's through five. They played four games. This is the third game. They played seven games. He has five home runs, and he's hitting five something. So he's just on fire. He's got not much, not much on eBay right now. Not a lot of juice. I thought it might be. No, like I'm a just Randy mean, I don't think there's much. Uh, Twenty fifteen tops update. Yeah, 26 bucks. It's like Randy Rosarena, right? If you remember what happened with him last year, I think it's kind of like that. Yep. He's got a little tops now. Interesting. He's got a good he amount of tops, tops now. now. Lou, who's coming out of the NL? It's 2 nothing Braves right now. Um, they're going back to LA for three games with the Dodgers. I would imagine the Dodgers figure out a way to win that series. They're definitely the better team. Shout out to all the Braves fans. They're definitely the better team. So we shall see. Also, in case you didn't know, Kike Hernandez was an Astro. So I believe all of his first cards are Astros cards. So that hurts too. That's pain. Um, yeah. <laughs> as a Yankee fan, if it's Sox, Braves, that's pure pain. Those are the teams that, as a growing up, that is by far the best case scenario. Is it for for what? Why me? Why? Absolutely. I hate the Astros and I hate uh, the Dodgers. Fair. I mean, I don't, I don't hate the Dodgers like I hate the Astros, but I like definitely Astros. like the Braves. You have nothing. Like I just have friends no that are Braves fans. Like everyone for sure hates wants the Braves. Yeah, what? but I would. Brian, everyone talk hates me Astros, why you brother. hate the Astros. That's a, you know, because you're a big baseball fan. Yeah. Brothers, do you cheaters. watch a lot of baseball? 
<laughs> no, like, Lou, we've gone to this conversation like, before. I, yeah, I know. I know. We deserve it. It is what it is. Lou, I don't want to kick you while you're down. That's why I wasn't trying to get into the Astros, brother. Like, I'm, a, I'm in bad shape right now. I'm so sad. Could be a Yankee fan. <sighs> I'd rather be a Yankee fan. I agree. Exact current yeah, they situation. do have 27 rings. Even with re-signing Boone this morning? I saw that. If I had any energy today, and if the Astros put up any sort of fight last night, it would have been bad. But I can't right now. But I can't believe they resigned. <laughs> Mr. Ryan, what's on your mind? All right. So I don't really have a clear what's on my mind today. So Tyler, I kind of feel like you, you know, like most mornings. So maybe yeah, we'll let's just, go. you know, start rapid yeah. fire and what's on your mind. Went to a CBG a CBJ game the other day. Little Jackets game. Nice. Electric. Do they have Max Domi? Yes. First time. That, uh, it was game two. They played the Kraken. First time the Kraken had come to town. So that was really, really cool. Dope. Yeah, it was it was so much fun. I saw you had some decent seats, but what made it fun? Just hockey is amazing or what? Yeah, it's just like it's it's a lot different when you go to the game, right? And our seats were good and like the jackets are down one nothing to like the like halfway point of the third, then score and tie it up, and it's one one, and then it's like back and forth, it's like the game's almost over, then it goes to OT, right? Three on three, and then line A just buries one in o- overtime and it just it was yeah it was it was a saturday night game so it was pretty busy it was it was fun it was it was a good time nice so we had uh another thing kids trade night friday in shop that was really cool 14 and under had those guys in shop friday night that was a, that was a blast give me a quick takeaway on that like what products were the hottest starting with even sport like what was kind of any insights or takeaway from that Right. So we tried to highlight like we we did a YouTube video on it, try to highlight some of the the trades, a lot of footballs. That's what I mean. Like the yeah. a lot of position. Guys. I mean, dude, they were they were, you know, kids were excited to show their like five dollar trades. Like it was yeah. just enjoying the hobby. It, it was really, really cool. Shout out to Panini for some help on that for sure. And then I got up early Saturday morning. So we didn't leave the shop till about ten thirty, eleven. Got up at like five fifty and drove to a show Saturday morning in Indy. I had higher expectations for it. it was it was a good show just didn't buy a whole whole lot um picked up some some brady stuff it just sucks when ohio state football's not on on saturdays right right ohio state michigan and penn state didn't play saturday and it was just like weird yeah i was thinking about that because we talked about that last week when like tyler's i was talking to tyler i was like i don't think penn state's off this week and i'm like no they're all three off that's crazy shouldn't they like stagger that a little bit yeah it seems odd to not have those three teams you know, all three of those teams off. Yeah. So I'm supposed to, I think I'm going to go to Chantilly this weekend, card show in Virginia. I think I'm going to head there this weekend. What were you seeing at the indie show? You picked up some Brady. You like kind of snuck that in there. Yeah. So I picked up like a couple Brady PSA 10 cards. So rough guess, just let's, let's ballpark this. Devin Booker, second year galactic PSA nine. What do you think it's worth? I, I didn't even look it up. I just saw the price tag and I was like, I want that in a deal. Did a little package deal and got it done. What do you think it's worth? I didn't even look. So Ty, try to do it without looking. Yeah. Ballpark. What do you think that's worth? I'm going to box this. Second year PSA 9. Yeah, PSA 9 Galactic. 350? 250? That's a pretty good guess. I would have guessed much. I would have guessed much higher. I would have guessed like 600. He had 300 on it. And I was like, that seems like a good one. That seems right. I'll, I'll I'll pick that up. I agree. I, I mean, his stuff's come down. So. Across grab, the board. I did. Uh, 
so I've been honest before about this, that I'm not like James Harden's number one fan, right? Doesn't do as much for me, but James Harden's, I would would assume we would agree James Harden's a Hall of Famer at this point. I think James Harden's a Hall of Famer, and I think it plays a bigger role this year than even past. Hopefully he can stay healthy, obviously down the stretch, but I mean, there's one less dude in that locker room. I picked up an exquisite rookie auto of Harden at a 99 and a first-year Prism Silver. He doesn't Harden. have a lot of autos, does he? I'm not sure. I would be I would be lying if I told you I knew that. I feel like I haven't seen many. Yeah, but I, I picked up both of those. Spent about an hour and a half going through a quarter box. Nice. I just enjoy the show scene so much. It's just so much fun. Ty, you look puzzled. Just checking out some Harden stuff. What do we think on Harden? He's got to win a ring, right? Or yeah, I don't, I don't see it. I feel like people are kind of checked out on that guy, like permanently. You don't think if the Nets win the title this year without Kyrie and he's the two, you don't think that that helps his stuff at all? I don't think people like the Nets very much to begin with. Fair. So I don't think that'll help. If he really doesn't have that much, he's on a good team. He's one of the better players of the last fifteen years. He's. I'm awesome. not saying. Like, I'm not telling you, like, I'm like, hey, let's, I'm pro James Harden. I just, I saw it and I was like, I've spent money on worse. The narratives, he's like, uh, I believe a guy that if they do win and he put, like, does his thing, he could explode. But he's also just an interesting cat. That whole team is full of interesting dudes. An interesting cat. I mean, loves his strip clubs. Just loves to get after. I just don't know if they really got the guts for the win. You know what was weird that he was doing when he was just running around Paris with little baby? <laughs> like, what was that? Like, what Dude, was he doing? Checking out the fashion scene. He was just hanging. I get it. Yeah. Like, it's cool. It's just like a, a different thing. Getting a little Parisian. Getting a little Parisian. But I think he could he could be a dude that, that explodes. That goes next level. All right. So. Let's just transition right out of that, right before we get into the rapid fire. Let's do uh, let's do NBA predictions. We're starting with MVP, Rookie of the Year. How, how do we want to do this? Rookie of the Lay Year, out. MVP. Oh, my God. And... <laughs> Lose buried. Let's do one more, Ty. You want to do Defensive Player of the Year or Most Improved? Oh, wow. <laughs> We got the one and we got the little wild keep card. It light? Can we keep no. It light? <laughs> no, no, we gotta go rookie of the year. We gotta go uh, MVP. MVP. Are we doing let's like pick, let's pick who's gonna let's, let's pick who's gonna win the three point competition this year? I think that'll be good. <laughs> I'll do that. I'm in. <sighs> Ryan, you're the best. All right, <laughs> let's do it. I'm a, a rookie of the year. I'm taking my guy on uh, on OKC. The point guard. Giddy? Yeah. Ash Giddy, rookie of the year. The total left field take, but that's my guy, and I'm going to ride it out. I I have to go first because I have to go get my coffee or else I'm going to die. <laughs> what do you got? Kevin Durant, MVP. I have Jalen Green, rookie of the year. What else are we doing? Finals matchup and winner. Finals matchup. I'll go Nets, Mavs. Mavs? So you're like you think Luca's still matters. It's just it's just a big year for Luca, and they make a deal that matters. Okay. Or they burn it down. Or they burn it down. One or the other. All right. So Ty, I guess we're just gonna do those two. Yep. So rookie of the year and MVP. My rookie of the year 
is Giddy. My MVP is Giannis. Would that be three-time MVP? Yep. Three-time? That'd be three in a row. I think, no, he's not coming off back-to-back. Did he win it last year? I thought he's back-to-back. I got him. I wanted to take uh, Steph Curry, but I just don't know. Nah, Jokic won it. Um, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, but he won the two before that, right? Uh, yes, correct. And then for the finals, I won't just be a homer like I am and everything else and take uh, take the Knicks. But I've got the Bucks Warriors. Bucks Warriors. Got a Bucks Warriors final with the Warriors taking the chip. All right. So I I'm gonna pick the Warriors in the finals. Um okay. I was hoping I would be the only person that would do that, but I I like that pick a lot. Um so I'm gonna go Warriors in the finals. Now the the question is, is it gonna be the East, right? Are we picking mm-hmm. The Bucks, you going Nets? Is this the Hawks here or the Heat back? Um, and there's a lot of teams you could pick with this. I mean, the easy picks, the Warriors. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna take Miami. Wow. I'm gonna take Miami. There's enough talent on that team, right? Hopefully, my guy Hero does something this year. Um, Keep going because I have a Tyler Hero comment. <laughs> so I'm going Heat Warriors in the finals. Uh. MVP, I'm going Luca. I agree with Lou that Luca has a big year. You gave him MVP odd, not MVP. Yep, Luca for MVP, Rookie of the Year. I don't see anyone else on this list that I would pick outside of Jalen Green. I like Jalen Green a lot. Maybe Jalen Suggs for the Magic, um, Mobley for the for the Cavs. But for me, it's Jalen Green. So I would lock in Jalen Green as Rookie of the Year. I think Grayson Allen is a better Tyler Hero. Interesting take. I think what people think Tyler Hero is, I think he would be fortunate to end up with the career that Grayson Allen has and will have. I think Grayson Allen is a big piece for the Bucks this year. And I think that he's a player. And I think that all the hype that Tyler Hero's got, you should look at Grayson Allen, body of work he's been putting in. He's a big piece for the Bucks. Yeah, I think the Bucks are going to be really, really good again. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting, interesting to see what happens this year. There's a lot of like teams that could be really, really good, but I think you're also going to see some teams take some step backs. Um, yeah, take a step back. As a Knicks fan, I just want to bash everyone, but and it starts with the Hawks. But really, I want to bash Boston <laughs> because I like bashing Boston in general. But yeah, the Knicks will compete. The Knicks will compete in a lot of games. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't disagree. I just, like I said, if there's, if we said right now it was, you know, there's five teams from each conference. You could be like, yeah, they make the finals. You'd be like, yeah, I could see that. Like, I don't think it's like in the years past when it's like the Warriors, Cavs, lock it up, four straight years or whatever it was. The Jazz, like, I guess, are a sneaky team. Yeah, I mean, so are the Nuggets. The Nuggets are, but they don't have Jamal Murray. Yeah, they're to get Murray back late. Yeah, and PJ. Could get most. I mean, improved. Jazz weren't the Jazz like the one or the two seed yeah, last year? They were nasty. Yeah, I mean, you're. I mean, like the Nets, right? I mean, even without Kyrie Irving, are still amazing. Mm-hmm. Harden and and KD. Right. Yeah, I mean, the, the odds Bucks. odds to win the chip right now goes Nets, Lakers, and then it's a drop off. Warriors and Bucks are the same. Then it's a drop off. Suns, Jazz, Clippers, 
Sixers are like that next tier. Then it goes to Nuggets, Heat, Mavericks. Hey, the Heat. What, yeah. 12th? The Heat 12th are. best odds? Yeah, something like that. Three, six, nine, the tenth. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, the Lakers have what? Carmelo, Russ, AD, LeBron. Mm-hmm. From a cards perspective, I believe Russ Westbrook has a lot of potential upside. I mean, he could. Two Russell Westbrook cards in my entire collection. He could back his way into an MVP-type conversation. Now, I know he hasn't had the greatest preseason, turning the ball over, everything, but that team will win a lot of games, and if he's going full throttle, you know, and he's got Bron Bron, AD, Melo, like, people can forget about Russ West and where he's at, the body of work he's put up. I'd be interested in, in looking at some of his stuff. All right, Lou, you ready? You're back. You ready for uh, some rapid fire Q and Q and A? Yeah, I just learned that uh, Kanye changed his name to Ye. To Ye. Legally. Kind of big news. My door's opening. I'm yeah. ready for rapid fire. All right, so this is uh, this is rapid fire, where Jason grabs some questions from our Facebook page. Shout out to Jay for that. If you guys want to be a part of this in the future, make sure to follow Card Talk on Facebook. So this is from Eric X. Is it Eckstein? Eckstein? It says, what's your favorite underrated set to collect? So essentially outside of Prism, Chrome, etc. I will tell you, mine is Phoenix. Phoenix football. Looks a lot like a Prism Chrome Refractor type card. Uh, I have a Mahomes 2017 Phoenix Rookie PSA 10. They look very similar to like a Prism Silver type vibe uh, for a fraction of the cost. I think the cards are cool. They've got nice patch autos, different colors. Uh, I would say Phoenix is typically one of my sets that I'm like is under the radar, not mainstream popular, fun to collect. I'm going to go with Contenders Optic. Oh, reliable. I think they're just really nice cards. I like the rookie tickets. I like championship tickets a lot. Um, I think to for my money, those are the cleanest, the cleanest cards that come out every year. Lou's always been a big fan of Contenders Optic. Huge fan, and I think I might be in the minority on that, but big, big fan. I think they're just super clean. It's two different things for me. It's a little off the path, but I as people know, have enjoyed collecting and have put together a nice little group of cards numbered 137. So it's not like a specific set, but I've been I've been going down that path and I have a nice nice collection. And then the other is like Euro Cup and World Cup stickers, Panini stuff. So like this is the Rashford. Uh, I, I've just loved a lot of the old school soccer sticker stuff. Different sets. Largely Panini stickers, UK-based, European-based stuff. Very cool. That's my answer for that. All right, so the next question, rapid fire here, uh, is it Chris Riedel? It says, with the way soccer is, how do you think young players in cards will play the market with some confusion with technical rookie cards and seasons? Ty, probably a question okay. more for you. Let's break this down. With the way soccer is, how do you think certain young players in cards will play the market with some confusion with technical rookie cards and seasons. Okay. So I believe that more 
than ever. And this is the reality. It's happening in NFTs a lot right now. But at some point, there's kind of a decision of the masses of what the card is that matters. Right. And, and that's the case for a lot of things. But to, to start with Mbappe, 2018 World Cup Prism, I had the, you know, for, for a long time, uh, owned the space. Then his 2017 was like, okay, the better card, tops Chrome. I'm still 2018, but the 2017 has kind of taken over. Okay. But you also have the, the Panini Foot sticker. That has definitely emerged as like the blue chip, you know, rookie. And so I believe that it comes down to timing when when the player pops. Uh, because again, like these stickers emerge and and I believe more than ever it's about the narratives and those things can change, which I believe presents a lot of opportunity if you're playing paying close attention to find things. You know, the the soccer proper footy market emerged like so fast and whether it was stickers or old inserts or all this i believe there's still a figuring it out game so i think for going forward it's a little bit more clear there's so much prospecting reminds me a little bit of like baseball stuff which again don't get into but like people are so into these players that have never played an mlb game you know i remember when it was buxton like early on and now like five years later he's like a good player for like a team. Uh, So there is a little bit of that as well. I think there is no clear cut rookie cards for most players. And it comes down to narrative storytelling and what the masses decide on, which can always change, which I believe presents a lot of opportunity. If you know what you're talking about and know the markets. Insightful Tyler. Thoughts, thoughts, Ryan, because you see it over your time. You've probably seen what was considered a rookie card change. Yeah, your point is like the market decides. Like, it's not like a. I'm not educated enough on like the stickers and some of that kind of stuff in the soccer market. I don't follow it nearly as much, right? I'm um, soccer is not my forte at all. Um, so leave it to the expert on that. I have a question though. We all agree that whenever the, the player, whoever they are, eventually gets a tops Chrome or uh, mm-hmm. that matters whatever that becomes the card it does become the card but people also there's stickers people the sticker plays too but the main card becomes the tops chrome the minute they have one i would say so and also the international club thing is a real factor too with technical mm-hmm. rookie cards and seasons and so again it comes down to do you want mbappe in a france jersey or do you want him in his psg kit or the sticker which is monaco now a lot of individuals like that support him for playing for France want that or so there's there's so many nuances to it and i believe again with so many things left unknown it provides a lot of opportunity to go in and unearth something and create a storyline and narrative around do you think that the country i've i kind of think that the country cards are always the safest because guys are going to switch clubs mm-hmm. like they change clothes yeah which is also, I mean, Tom Brady plays for the Buccaneers. Like that, that totally. happens in everything, but you, you don't really get, especially, yeah, you're not getting Brady in like an America jersey. So yeah. I think the international thing is important and matters, but also they don't play as often for them. So it's kind of, 
All right, we've got to get back on track here. Mm, we went long. We'll wrap so, I'm so sorry, Ryan. Uh, sorry. Uh, uh, Co- Cody Myden asked, I've spent a lot of time on UFC cards over the last couple months. For those for for selling those cards, do you think the most profitable future is in trying to prospect future champions or flipping for main event fights? How does grading factor in giving in or giving how little it has shown up compared to other sports recent circumstances or given recent circumstances? It is my opinion that you are playing a much safer game if you are buying you know, obviously Connors and Rose and like big named past champions and grading them. I think that's a much safer play than trying to pick out guy. What the hell's going on upstairs? Than trying to find guys who might get a title fight in the future and you're kind of banking on them winning the fight to make money on the cards. I think, especially with first year Prism and Select, like it's just so much safer and Chronicles now. Yeah, to me, I don't think it's any different, Lou, than it is buying Tom Brady and Michael Jordan compared to, you know, Cade Cunningham and Trevor Lawrence, right? Trying to find out who the next person's going to be is a lot riskier. Now, there might be more upside in that, right? If you bet on the next fighter who doesn't have a ton of cards and you've got something graded of them and then they win a fight or get a big fight and then their stuff goes up, right? There is potential in that. That's why prospecting is as big as it is in the hobby now with guys like LaMelo, Josh Allen, Herbert, Luca, like that stuff matters. People want the future guy when, you know, their time comes um, or before their time comes even. So I think there's potential there, but I agree with Lou that it's definitely a lot safer buying those guys and and grading the the superstars. I agree. I would say this. For selling those cards, do you think the most profitable future is trying to prospect future champions or flipping for main event fights? Those, to me, are kind of the same in terms of prospecting that they're going to get a big fight leading up to the fight. And then the different, you know, he kind of offered two or yeah, Cody offered two different scenarios. I think they're more or less the same. The other scenario is your point is just get the legends and sit on them. Like, leave and basically. It feels like to me that if you're going to buy UFC cards, that means you agree. Like This is how I would play it out of my head. If you're going to buy UFC cards, you agree that the value of the set and the value of the sport is rising, right? Mm-hmm. From a pure dollar and cents perspective. Mm-hmm. So at that point, the question becomes, all right, cool. Would I rather have a, pre- a past champion in the last three years, someone like a Conor McGregor, or would I rather have someone like, you know... Uh, Sean O'Malley, who's on, working his way up, mm-hmm. but hasn't actually achieved that championship yet. So, Lou, real quick, though, because I think this is valuable. Take that same concept, that same advice you just gave about UFC. Does it translate the same way for you to F1 as it as you say it does for UFC? Are you giving the same advice to F1? So you're buying Lewis and... and I'm not buying Max because I just don't believe in Max in that way, but I'm buying Lewis and I'm buying... You know, uh, I mean, I'm buying George. That's a little bit of a prospecting play, obviously. Totally. I'm doing both. But I also have spent I've spent OK, I've spent far more actual money on Lewis uh, on Lewis than I have on anyone else because it's just a, it's just a safer, obvious play. One thing just to, to put a bow on it, the last sentence, Ryan, I'd love your, your thoughts on this. How does grading factor in giving how little it has shown up compared to other sports? given recent circumstances, I believe what they're trying to get at is is grading important because it's a newer kind of 
subset of the hobby so the populations are less because everything's been jammed up what i would say is be careful because i i believe more are to come so like you should prepare for an influx of more pop you shouldn't make a long-term play based on you know sometimes people get caught like they're you go to shows and you get hit with like the it's a one of one and it's Love like that. it's a one of one because no one graded the damn card. <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like well, it's a pop one. I get it. The, no one else is. Ty, I agree with you guys that some of the earlier stuff is going to have more stuff show up because that stuff was getting submitted when PSA was at eight or ten or twelve dollars a card. You know, a year ago, and they're just catching up to that stuff. But I think it's different on the newer stuff, right? Like because Chronicles just come just came out. Mm-hmm. Are, it's probably not likely we see 5,000 Conor McGregor PSA 9s and 10s from Chronicles. Are you sure? The price is just so high. Are you grading a McGregor base at 150? Probably not. Not with shipping there and back. You're $200 a card. Not right now. Probably Again, right now. right now, sure. But when is it coming mm-hmm. back? We, you, I think if we go yeah. back on the tape, I think you both said PSA is not giving you an option yeah, under $100 by the end are, of the year. So. I think you're making a good point. So, I mean, yeah. when is it? March? So if, if you're getting it in March and you're submitted at $50 and it's taken six months, you're a whole nother year out from some of that mm-hmm. stuff. So I think grading definitely matters on the newer stuff. It's got to be the right stuff. But if you find a prospect and you grade their card and you put the money into it, if you believe in them, if that fight comes up and you've got one of the only graded cards of them... I have a hard time believing that doesn't matter. Totally. I think it's the the correct answer is probably a little bit of both and leaning more towards the safe side, especially with newer stuff like this. All right. So the next question, uh, is it Joaquin uh, Lagos? It says, could you speak to collection protection? Thoughts on vaulting? Uh, I see there being more value vaulting where you can sell tips on insuring the collection. Maybe this is more specific to Canada, as I know Beckett offers an insurance option with CIS, but only the U.S. residents. What are some good options out there? Right. Do you want to start? I can I can kick off a little bit. First and foremost, if you have cards of value and you're keeping them at your home, at the very least, I'd recommend getting a small fire protected safe on Amazon.com. Or whatever it may be. That's what it's like 200 bucks. It's well worth it. Yeah. And you'll get it and then you'll start to throw some other stuff in there too. But at the very least, humans, we, if you have stuff of value that you're not carrying with you all day, every day, like your wallet or whatever, you should probably get a, a, a you know, a fire retardant safe. Um, that's step one. Then the next about vaulting, I see there being more value vaulting where you can sell. Yes, it's happening more and more. OC PWC has done a good job in terms of vault. I think what's it like golden, sh- well. golden ship my cards. Oh. I don't know if ship my cards has a, a sales functionality to it. I think it's more storage and vaulting star stock. I believe is now doing it all does it all definitely. So there's a lot slabs, of yeah. options. My slabs as well. A lot of options in that regard that you send, they put insurance against it and you can, and that will continue to grow. The $20,000 card that I don't have to touch and I can sell at any time, that, you know, peace of mind that making that easy on someone that will, uh, that will continue to grow and continue to be a big part of the hobby. I just have a hard time believing that does not continue to, um, expand in this market as cards get more expensive and more expensive. And you see these card stores and people getting robbed. Mm -hmm. 
um, and, and stuff taken. As the value of the hobby continues to grow and it gets more and more attention, this is going to continue to happen. Um, and places like that will continue to see a bit, you know, a bigger increase year over year. Um, I think at some point I have a, a buddy that helped me when I moved stores um, out in California. His name's Chris. Um, we used to be a, a police officer uh, who worked in like security and stuff like that and was really helpful in, with setting our store up and gave a lot of insight on it. I would love to have him on here at some point to talk about this kind of stuff and like how you can protect your assets and, and things because I learned a lot from it. But um, yeah, like how you mentioned, I mean, you can buy a big, heavy duty gun safe for, a, you know, it's not as expensive as you would think. I think I bought mine for, you know, under a thousand dollars and they are big and heavy and, and not go. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they do exactly what you need them to do. Um, so I, I mean, I can't recommend that kind of stuff enough. So insurance, I, I have a, yeah, I mean, I, that's, that's a great place to start. The only problem with that is, is that's Tyler, the only thing I would say about that is you can pick somebody up, can walk away with it, yeah. Yeah. come in, pick it up, oh, walk sure. away and like go home and break it. It doesn't have to be robbed. broken in your house. But at the very least, if you wake up and it's a fire, it should be good. Sure. Sure. Yep. Agreed. Um, in terms of insurance, I don't have any recommendations on that. There are definitely um, very straightforward uh, like insurance policies that you can take out online for just to cover like collectibles insurance, valuables insurance. There's a couple of different policies. Google.com. We don't have to get into it too crazy. You can go to the next question. James Z- uh, Zacadoni. Uh, what do you think causes one set of cards to become more popular than another? For instance, why did Prism become the hobby's darling while other sets that look as good, if not better than Prism, lag behind? I think we've talked about this a bunch. It's kind of it's very narrative driven, and it's like what everyone decided was the main one. Yeah, the market decides. Yeah, that's just the way it is. And like, there's a lot of things that I don't like that happen in cards every day that don't align with what I would consider to be the best. But unfortunately, when the herd decides that they like something, that's the answer. I don't disagree. My one take would be, though, good product is good product. And th- that if you layer narrative, storytelling, marketing on top of good product, you've got something. But like a shitty product is going to be a shitty product no matter. It, like, you open it, you feel it. Like Prism was what it was because it was new, new technology, like, and they executed well. Will it be that way forever? I don't necessarily agree with that. Okay, go. Keep going. What do you mean? I don't necessarily agree that a bad product is always going to sell poorly. I think if things are marketed, sometimes things are marketed that are shitty that sell well. That's a fact. And that continues to sell well. And services that aren't very good still are widely used because they are the best of bad options. But long term, I don't believe that's sustainable. Like, is Sapphire... I guess guess it comes down to... Is Sapphire going to be around six years from now? I don't know. I think we would all agree that Mosaic, Mosaic is a cool-looking set, but that doesn't mean that it's going to sell well and vice versa. Blue does not like Mosaic. We've been. I've, I've gone. Time. I've gone the other way. You know. You know oh, what you I have? love? Yeah. Like the the OG Prism Mosaic, Luca, Trey, both have a good one. Yeah, those are dope. I don't know why they didn't keep that. Because they spun off Mosaic to its own product line. Yeah, but like, why wouldn't that just be the base set anyway? All right, next question. Uh, Michael Martinez, if the hobby does explode like Fanatics predicts, we have an insane head start on the rest of the world. Where are we putting our money? 
and things you would expect to have value 25 years from now? Blue chips. What Ryan does very well. I think it's the hardest. It's so hard for me. 25 years from now, what cards will people want? Tom Brady. Do you think it's... Are you, do you think it's Joe Burrow? Do you think it's LaMelo Ball? It may be. We don't know, right? What do we know, though? Tom Brady's won seven world titles. Michael Jordan won six. LeBron's been to 11 and won three or four. Four. Peyton right? Manning is forever goaded. And now Schumacher. Media. Yeah, from F1. Connor, Habib. McDavid, Crosby, Ovechkin, Gretzky. The GOATs. Correct. The stuff that no matter what people, if, if, if everything in the sports card market dips, what's going to dip the least out of all of those things? I think a fun exercise is to go back and look at, um, I've done this actually with my dad. You go back and you look at old Sports Illustrated covers from like 15, 20 years ago, and you look at who they're focusing on in those moments. And then you think about who we're focusing on right now on a week to week basis. And the, the blue chip conversation becomes a lot more clear and obvious. Quick question. Is Trout, where does Trout end up? Best baseball player of all time. If he never, has he ever won a playoff series? He's never won a playoff game. If he never wins a playoff game, does that remain true? Yes, I think so. He's, he's so much far, far, he's far and away the best player in Major League Baseball. Um, I think, of course, and I think it'll be a part of the conversation with him forever, but I still think he's by far the best baseball player of all time. What's your thoughts, Ray? Yeah, so I don't follow baseball as well as Lou, so I don't know this, right? So, but winning matters for sure in cards. It always has. There's a reason Dan Marino doesn't sell as well as others do, right? Like winning definitely matters. So it'll be very interesting, right? I mean, everybody, like he gets talked about like Tom Brady or like some of these other, you know, goats. But never being, I mean, it's just different with baseball because of how the salary cap works, right? It's not even, like, they can't even compete with, they're not even competing with some of these other teams. Now, I realize the Angels aren't the Pits, they're not the Pittsburgh Pirates. They spend all that money. I mean, Lou's talked about it before, about what they pay some of these guys. Um, yeah, so it, it's, yeah, I, I don't know enough about it to give an educated opinion on, you know, Mike Trout's statistics and, you know, that kind of stuff. I think he, there's too much room for other people to come in and be somewhat in the ballpark, but win. I don't know, but, but he may just have the stronghold, but like, because the hobby, everyone has just accepted him as the greatest yet. I just don't like, give me, give me a game to watch with him. All right. We got one more question. We got to wrap this up. It's from beta sports cards. It says, how much of a premium should an SGC gold label get compared to an SGC 10? Is there a premium compared to a PSA 10? There's definitely a a premium compared to a PSA 10 in my mind. Like you think an SGC 10 gold label is more than a PSA 10? I think so. I could not disagree more. Couldn't even, couldn't disagree more. There's nothing in my, like, the only thing in my mind at the moment that compares to a PSA 10 is a BGS 10. Yeah, a BGS 10 is the only thing comparable. Agreed. I'd put BGS 10 over PSA 10, personally. Um, But yeah, I, I would not put SGC 10 gold over. I think SGC 10 gold compare, uh, carries a heavy premium over SGC 10. And, like, and I think it's probably, like, if you looked at sales, I would imagine it's more Agreed. than a BGS 9.5. Like I would say it's it's not like 
a huge drastic difference between a PSA 10, but it's like, if you're asking most collectors, do they want an SEC 10 gold label or a PSA 10? I have a hard time believing it's not 75% or higher would take the PSA 10. Devin Booker, Silver Prism, rookie year, PSA 10 or SGC Gold 10? Agreed. Yeah, there isn't a situation where I would take a PSA 10. I would pass on a PSA 10 in that situation. I would love to look at the numbers because I'm fairly certain that SGC 10s cost more than PSA 10s. Uh, Golds. Golds. You might not be wrong. I my take still stands. I wouldn't trade one for one. All right. So if you guys want any of your questions answered on the show in the future, again, check out the Facebook page. I'm sure it will be on the IG story at some point here soon, as well as Twitter, but it's a uh, card talk pod on there. All right. So we got to get into the play of the week. As always, play of the week is brought to you by eBay, your number one stop for all things, cards and collectibles. All right. So this is where Jason, the producer, fields plays. We talk about them live on the show. Lou, Tyler, and I have never seen them. So we'll get into these live and pick our play of the week. All right, so Jay, the first one is going to be from Connor Benson 816 on IG. In April, I bought a Topps Gold Buster Posey rookie card at a 2010 as a PC card for a total of $77.89. Had no intentions of selling unless an opportunity came. The Giants ended up having a huge year, so a month ago I sent it to SGC in hopes to get it back before the playoffs when heat starts, when it starts to get hot around baseball. Ended up getting a 9-5 and putting it up for auction on eBay and ended the night before Game 5 against the Dodgers, so I probably got the most out of it I could since they got knocked out of the playoffs the next day. Ended up selling for two forty three fifty, so doubled my money, including the SGC sub and eBay fees. It's a standard. It's kind of your standard play. It's a good job yeah. with a PC card. Like, hey, I bought this, had no intention of selling it. Mm-hmm. You know? opportunity comes up buster posey he's an under-respected player in baseball like in the in the wide world of baseball in my opinion agreed yep agreed yep having it graded having it ready to sell at some point yeah standard uh easy play love it all right this is from dubtown underscore cards uh so brian says hey my play of the week is i bought a 2016 japanese uh darkari first edition hollow for my lcs at two dollars Looked it over while at the shop and sent it to Nash Cards for SEC grading. It was $25 to grade and it came back at $10. Today I just sold it for $269.99. It was a pop one, making my total profit $182 after fees, grading and the purchase price. Thanks, guys. Love the show. Wow. Yeah, this might be one of those pop one situations that we were talking about before, but uh, <laughs> that's a really good job. $2 or $27 mm-hmm. to $270. Someone made a comment that's stuck in my mind because I think we went into it maybe one or two shows ago, is getting a grade, a good grade, a play of the week. I'm not sure, no. which is a little bit of this. Like, if this is a 9 or 9.5, like, does anyone have interest? Yep. You're getting $40? Well, that that, that's my pulling up to the local card shop, $2 buy. Yep. Don't, going through the value boxes, finding a card, checking the condition. Taking the chance, grading it, like Agreed. that's what makes it fun. Yeah, like that would be that would be saying like an auction doesn't count as a play of the week because people just started bidding. Yeah, on it. Like so I, I didn't want to go too deep down that, but I like it. I like Pokemon. I like Japanese edition. Like there's a, there's good stuff here. Making a hundred and eighty two dollars on one card that didn't cost you more than thirty dollars all in, like that's that's not easy to do, and that I don't Agreed. think we should frown upon that. Agreed. I like the play. All right, Jay. Next one. All right, so this is from 
Queens City Breaks. It says purchase this Herbert lot in the offseason of March. So March of 2020 for 950, figuring I would sub most to PSA. Trusted the photos for condition and took the risk. The two purple scopes, top right and bottom left, as well as as well as two of the base and the mosaic green red choice, all gemmed. Sold one of the two purple scopes for about a thousand each, one on my slabs and one on eBay, and sold a few others in various lots, leaving me plenty of room and future profit for the rest of them. Overall sales for this lot so far have been around $24.50. I spent $9.50 on the lot and $50 per card on the grades. Still have plenty more to get out of this one. I love it all. Yeah, so this is very similar to what we talked about kind of with like the UFC fight where you buy some cards of a guy, you grade them, and then he hits and you've got him graded and ready to go rather than buying him and then grading them while he's hitting, you know, or why he's popping off. I think it's oftentimes helpful to have them already graded if you believe in a person. And obviously you can see right here this uh, this worked out. First starting off, Queens City breaks. I like it. Herbert in the offseason. March 2020. So was that... What? Is he third year? It has to be 2021. Right? Herbert was a rookie in 2020. Yeah. So March 2021. So. Coming off his rookie year, I think it's a great lot. I'm a sucker for purple. Uh, I love the listing one on eBay, one on my slabs. I have a little different options, test the market waters. Uh, and he's got plenty more to go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, up $1,500 and still has some left. I mean, it's hard to argue with that. Yeah. And, and hard to argue you know, with that. Optic Justin Herbert, he got a nine, a 10, a nine, and eight. List them as a lot. Uh, apologies, I keep saying him. It may not be a him. Uh, I think it's a great play. Do you think that in situations like this, right? Like I'm a big fan of taking your money and moving on, right? When you have two of these mm. purple scopes, right? Do you think you're better off sitting on one and getting rid of a, like something else, whether it's like base optics or whatever? So again, I think it depends on what you're trying to accomplish, right? If he's a you know, younger collector and has like a total card budget of $5,000 and you buy this lot and you can make a lot of money. The way I look at it is typically what I've done in the past is I'll sell every single card in the lot minus one. So then I make, you know, you make, he made 1500, he or she made $1,500 on this lot already. So now you have nothing in what's left, right? So if you've got a purple shock, a base and an insert left and they're all PSA 10s, I'm going to sell two of those and keep making my money, especially because as time's gone on, he's got more and more expensive. Mm -hmm. So you sell one, get a little bit of the money back. Sell another one, he's even hotter, you're getting more of the money back. Eventually, you have nothing in the lot. So then I'm just piecing them out as I go. So I'm just continuing to make more and more money. But then I've got one, I'll save in a box. Because what I did for so long was I would just put one card from a deal in a box that was decent. And then the national would come around Mm -hmm. and I would sell the entire box and take that big chunk of cash to the national and spend it at the national. Because I was like, hey, I had nothing in this box, right? I made all my money back from these deals, but I took one card out that was worth something or I believed in that didn't affect me every day. I would take that one card, put it in the box, and then when the national would come around or Christmas or school would start and I needed money, I would sell the whole box and cash out and be like, cool, free free bonus money. Right. Makes sense. Yeah, I think it's just something I go back and forth on a lot when you have these big lots and you're trying to decide what's the best way to make money on it or the best way to make your money on it. I guess the answer is always just make your money and move on at a certain point. All right, so Jay, next one. 
All right, so we've got cardboard underscore chasers. So it says, back with a new play this week. I completed the 2021 Mosaic Draft Mika Parsons Rainbow early this year. I'm a PSU guy and love Mosaic. However, with Parsons Parsons gaining some hype, I opted to sell a few pieces. I paid $354 for the 101, out of 10, out of 25, and out of 49. I recently sold all of them for $1,027.15. After shipping and fees, that gets us to $890.40. That's a profit of about $536 in just three months' time. If I want more Mika, I'd rather have some collegiate NT or something like that. Thanks for Let's the Let's go. This guy's selling for this much money? Yeah, Parson, like Cowboys, Cowboys like we've talked about this before. Big college, big college, big pro, sells very well. Ohio State was Zeke, right? You got Najee Harris, Alabama Steelers. Like, like there's a lot of situations of stuff like this where it sells very, very well. Good for cardboard chasers. Respect. We are. We are. Although I'm not a big Cowboys guy, but... We are. And Parsons is a monster. Parsons look good. Unbelievable. $710 for the Orlando. Yeah, in the Penn State Uni, too? It actually yeah, looks yeah. kind of clean in the jersey like that, yeah. So I talk about this a lot when I go to shows, Ty. Like, uh, like if I go to a show and I'm going through, like, a value box, like, 101s or low-numbered stuff of, like, bigger colleges, like, that kind of stuff, like, I buy all, I will, I was a college that always has sold well for me. So, like, I'll buy a low-numbered Sean Green or Chad Greenway or Riley Reef or Marvin McNutt, some of the Iowa guys. That's a good one, Marvin McNutt. I forgot about Like, those guys sell well. There's somebody out there looking for low-numbered collegiate stuff of their favorite college guys. That's crazy, man. That's such What's a point spot show? for me. It sells like like I buy it all the time. It's not like you're not going to buy it for five dollars and sell it for five thousand, but five to twenty adds up at scale very quickly. Right. I, I, I this is such a blind. I was stunned. Just I was just so stunned when I saw these numbers. <laughs> my fa- if, I, I hope it, my face was on there. I might have been looking the other direction. I can't believe how much money it should these be our sell something for. to shop strategy. Just buy Penn State and Michigan and stuff. Uh, well, now it's not. Jay, is that it? Yeah, so that looks to be it. So I'm going with this one. Me too. Simple. Clean. Yeah, this it, is obviously the, the winner. Yeah, if buy it. If you have the ability to make money on it, cool. You know, everybody's different, right? I can tell you I bought some cool Chase Young stuff before I could probably make some money on. Doesn't do anything for me. I enjoy it. But, you know, like you said, he enjoys the NT more. He can sell it. And now he has that money when NT are flawless, like, NT comes out Wednesday. It's actually going to be on latest launch here in a second. And Flawless comes out in two weeks, Flawless Collegiate. So a Mika Parsons or a Micah Parsons patch auto from Flawless at a 10 for 250 is a third of what he sold the 101 for. And he's still got a couple hundred bucks left. I like to play a lot. So that is all we've got for Play of the Week. Again, Play of the Week is brought to you by eBay, your number one stop for all things cards and collectibles. All right, so last but not least, latest launch this week. You got a couple things. You got Mosaic Baseball Hobby, National Treasures Collegiate Football, Five Star Baseball, Tops Star Wars Chrome Legacy, Donruss Factory Sets, and Bowman Transcendent Baseball, which is north of $20,000 a box. Um, Factory sets will be a little interesting from Donruss. They're about $200 a box. And they've got the whole base set of Donruss plus a five-card optic hollow preview set, I believe, in them. It's like a five-card pack. Mosaic Baseball, National Treasures Collegiate Football is probably the second 
best collegiate product of the year. If you're into college stuff, just below flawless, just above immaculate. So that could do well. Five-star baseball is a popular one. Big release week. Big release week. Just so you guys know, I, I would like to officially predict that this time next week, the Astros will be in the World Series. Astros will be on at the at their Watching home the on the couch nope. next month next Tuesday when we record. It, they're, it's they're down two one. Too long way to go, right? Just get it back to Houston. You think you're in trouble if it goes three one? If it comes back, if it comes back to Houston, we're winning the series. That Why, that I will tell two, you. Two three two. Is that how they do it? Two three two. Two three two in baseball. Mm. Everyone, no one let me Who's on the do that tonight? drive ever again. I never want to do that again. Granky's going to open. Not sure how it's going to go from there, though. He's not stretched out, so he's probably going to pitch like 30, 40 pitches. I mean, this time tomorrow, I'm going to be getting roasted for this when it comes out tomorrow. I can feel it. I'm so sad. Big night for the Sox. 14-4. We got Champions League football today and tomorrow. Pretty excited about it. Ronaldo's been on fire, huh? He started off on fire, and now United's in a world of trying to figure out what's going on with our lives. That gives you a nice insight into like when the last time I was checked in on Champions League was. Yeah, I guess it was like two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, you you would have said he's on fire. (laughs) It's been a tough two weeks for the boys. That's super fair. That's tough, Doc. That is a wrap. Chicken snack wrap. Big week. Appreciate y'all listening. Peace. Peace. That's a wrap on Card Talk this week. Please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you listen and get notified when we publish a new episode. It'd mean the world to us if you gave us a five-star rating and shared this episode with a friend. We'd love to answer your questions, so email us at cardtalkpod at gmail.com and we'll get to it in the next episode. Card Talk is a 1.37 p.m. podcast and a Gallery Media Group original production.